0: Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Joining us today is Laz Castillo II. Laz is a pro staffer with several ice fishing brands, including Eskimo, Markham, and Elliot Rods. Laz, welcome to the Fish House
0: Nation. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks for having me here.
1: Laz, well, you live in Iowa now, but today we're talking about your home state, and it's a state that a lot of people don't think about when they think about ice fishing. We're talking Illinois today. What is it like fishing, ice fishing, in Illinois?
0: You know, it's, uh, it's a different ballgame, uh, that's for sure, uh, compared to what you would think is a normal ice belt uh, area or location, per se, you know. Uh, you don't think wooded areas in a busy, hustle-bustle city like Chicago. Um, and if you do, you know, you're thinking more of Lake Michigan and all the awesome species that you can catch there. But, uh, you know, for me, what really hits home is the forest reserves. You know, it's areas that are kind of protected, per se, from DNR and, and some of the other uh, Chicago park districts where people can go and enjoy outdoor activities like ice fishing and, and things like that you know and um i was just thinking over and and remembering some of the times i had when i was a little bit younger and as i got more serious about ice fishing you know it's it's crazy just to see the amount of gear and stuff that i have now um you know because back in the day or or when i first started ice fishing and in these forest preserves there's really there's no room to put an ice castle or a yeti or something like that out, out on the ice. You know, it's it's your jetty sled, you got a bucket, maybe a rod or two, some tip-ups and some bait, and, and you're going, you know. Uh, to see floatable bibs and, and, and shacks and all this other stuff, it's a whole nother level of, of ice fishing that uh, you know, I just wasn't aware of, I guess, because you're kind of in that hustle-bustle uh, city aspect, I guess.
1: Yeah, what is that fishing like, Laz? I mean, uh, you're out there and I'm, I'm sure, you know, Chicago, it doesn't have a, a big ice fishing culture. It's, you know, there's so many other things to do in the city and, and ice fishing isn't probably near the priority list of, of anybody. So what is it like when you're out there fishing in an area like that?
0: You know, it's, especially if you're from the city, uh, it's a place where you get to just relax, right? It's it's where you get to go to um, be with yourself and, and just think about stuff. And when you're constantly on the go, and you're constantly with the hustle and bustle of a big city like Chicago, you know, you, you got to go somewhere, you got to find that thing that you're passionate about, you know, where you can just go and, and be by yourself. And uh, what's great about ice fishing, as so many anglers know, is not only do you get the, the peace and aspect of it, if you want to go by yourself, but going with a buddy, you know, introducing someone to the sport, and going out and just having a good time that doesn't involve uh you know a, a lot of money or, or going to a show or things like that you know so nice to be outdoors in a big city I guess.
1: Yeah you're fishing that urban environment what is the fishing like? I mean what is it you're in Iowa now you've got access to lots of great places to fish what is the the actual fishing like when you're fishing in a in a place like this?
0: Yeah sure uh so usually it's stopped by the DNR just like places out here in Iowa but the difference is is uh, you know, we don't have this one big lake per se, you know, they're little ponds or uh, a place that I used to fish quite a bit. It's called Bussy Woods and it's a three pool uh, area and each pool is kind of stocked a little bit differently. So uh, the bottom uh, pool would be stocked with like trout, you do an inland, uh, inland trout uh, stamp and, and a program like that. And then you go up and uh, it gets really weedy. So you got more of your predator fish. They have you know, anywhere from walleye to pike and a few musky. And then the other pool is more of like your panfish and bass. So you kind of have a, a variety of species all within a, a, a body of water at different locations that are stocked, you know. For me, it was easy to pick out what fish I wanted to fish for, you know, come any, any particular day. You know, if one day I wanted to fish for toothy critters, then I'd go over to this pool. And if I wanted to go for my panfish, then I'd go to a different pool and, and things like that. The other thing that I noticed or that I found that was really, for me, different is I was used to using uh, uh, different kinds of baits. You know, obviously we have the typical minnows and wax worms and spikes and things like that. But uh, there's a bait shop back home. It's called um, Anglers International. And they sell these things, and they're called golden roach minnows. um, And they have like a goldish yellow to them. And uh, back home, predator fish love these things for bait. Uh, if I remember correctly, Illinois, you can't use actual shiners. Uh, it's illegal there because they carry the, the VHS disease and, and things like that. So a lot of bait shops, you know, you can't go and just pick up a shiner or whatever uh, bait that you're looking for like that. So uh, we would use the golden roach minnows. And, uh, man, it was, it's a blast. But uh, moving to Iowa and things like that and then talking to different bait shops here, I, I have yet to really find one that can get them in and, and that I can use, you know.
1: Yeah, it's funny the the originalities of bait. I, I fished out in South Dakota a couple of years ago in the summertime looking for for panfish, and I love I love leaf worms. And I started talking to the guys in South Dakota about leafworms, worms, and they had no idea what I was talking about. So it's it's interesting how one place they they like one side, type of bait, and somewhere else they've they've never heard about it. But what else, you know, what other kind of maybe techniques or or things that you would use there that maybe people from that are fishing in Minnesota, haven't thought about or, or don't use?
0: Being shallow, you know, a lot of shallow fisheries, you know, we're not talking 30, 40 uh, plus feet. You know, Bussy Woods, where I used to fish, like I was just talking about for ice fishing, I think the deepest spot, maybe 20 feet at the deepest spot, you know, so you're catching a uh, perch and, and bigger walleye, I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, 28 plus, 30, 30 plus Northern Pike in two, three feet of water, you know? jigging or I don't know a little tip up if you're got a little pocket somewhere you know a 10 foot pocket that's deep you just kind of drop your uh, your tip uh tip up down there you know and uh just just totally different I guess from Iowa you know here we have our, our state parks and things like that and and huge designated reservoirs uh you know that get relatively deep 30 40 plus feet and that's to me that was something totally new that that I just wasn't expecting
1: and a lot of these bodies of water that you're talking about, they're not, you know, we're not talking about three, 400 acre lakes. I and mean, we're talking about uh, pretty small pieces of water. How do you break something like that down? How do you fish something like that? You know, especially when get up here in the northern parts of the ice belt in the United States, you know, guys are fishing lakes like Mille Lacs and they're fishing these big bodies of water. They can pull up Navionics. They can find the structure and a lot of these small ponds, there's not even any data out there on them, and you kind of have to go down out there and figure it out yourself. Talk a little bit about that and how you do that.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, first of all, you pick a species that you're interested in. You know, my, my thing is panfish. I love catching panfish. Uh, there's just something about bluegill and, and crappie and perch that I just, you know, I, I absolutely love but really uh, just using tools that that we have now uh nevionics uh, google earth you know so i'll pick a, a body of water that i'm interested in fishing for the day um, and i would go and just you know talk to people at bait shops like you know anglers international that i was you know talking about earlier we don't have a bass pro shop or a cabelas or something you know dead splat in the city of chicago you know you got to go out to the farther suburbs to do that most of our places are are mom pop shops uh, shops and they're more than willing to Share information if you just go in and talk to the guys. You know, you say, hey, look, I'm new to the area or I've never fished this lake and I'm really into catching crappies. You know, what what do you guys suggest? You know, are you talking basins? Are we talking weed lines? I I like the weed lines. You know, I'm a big weed line fisherman. Um then I just go back to Google Earth and I, you know, use the time uh, frame to see where maybe the water was lowest or maybe there's some sunken brush somewhere. Or, you know, in the summer, you see the weed lines really build up in a certain part of the lake. So that's where I would tend to head first. And then just putting the time in. You know, uh, maybe the first two or three times out isn't fun for you. But give it time. Discover the lake, you know, and and, and maybe take a buddy out there with you and, and have a good time. And you'll you'll find out exactly what's what that lake has available for you.
1: You're ice fishing in Chicago, in the city. Tell me about really kind of what that experience is like. and, and... You know, we were talking before about, you know, planes flying overhead and and just a a different type of atmosphere. What is it like if if you were going to talk to somebody about something that that they haven't experienced before?
0: It's nice to be out again and and be by yourself and be peaceful. (laughs) But it's totally different when you see a Boeing uh, jumbo jet flying over your head uh, you know, I mean, close enough to, you know, you can shoot a, a bottle rocket at or something. I mean, you can smell the jet fuel sometimes, uh, from, you know, how close these planes are to you. Um, and that's just a different experience for people again, who, who aren't familiar with a, a big city feel, you know, um, it's, it, it's awesome, man. It's, I don't know how I even describe it to you other than that. I mean, it, it's a great experience. It's totally different. It's a, it's a totally different, you know, even Milwaukee, right? Like, there's a lot of guys who who fish like the Milwaukee harbors and things like that. I mean, just the difference from Milwaukee Harbor to Chicago, it, it's it's a big difference.
1: Yeah, a little little different uh, atmosphere. I remember as a, as a child, I actually grew up in Northern Illinois too. But I, I remember uh, my uncle taking me down to downtown Chicago. He was in the uh, produce business, and we go okay. down and buy all the produce for him to sell his business we we were about an hour away we drive into town and uh uh definitely some some characters in the in those areas and and they uh people are willing to share lots of information not just fishing information but uh, a lot of yeah. stuff you're going to learn especially as as a young boy uh walking around in, the, in some of those areas down there but uh yeah. what what is the season like down there how, how long does the ice season last when you typically get ice when are you typically
0: walking off Uh, You know, really it depends. Uh, I would say probably middle to late January mostly is when, uh, you know, ice begins to form, safe ice, you know, three inches plus. I can't really remember uh, a winter where ice has gotten over, you know, say maybe 12 12 inches and that's, you know, that's a really cold winter. When we had that uh, polar vortex a few years back, um, I think that was one of the, the thickest ice that I can recall, but Besides that, I mean, we're talking, you know, your average four or five inches, six, seven inches, if that. But nothing like what you're going to see on these lakes in uh, Minnesota. You know, we're not talking 14 inches and things like that. Or even, you know, on on the boundary waters up north, things like that. You're not going to see that kind of ice depth uh, that you do, you know, obviously in a city like Chicago.
1: Yeah, so with those, you know, you don't have the ice season, you don't have the the depth device. How about equipment? And you kind of mentioned earlier, not as much equipment. What are some things that that you may not see out in those areas that you would see if we were gonna go you know, fishing in the, in the Twin Cities Metro? Uh,
0: a lot of guys, because a lot of these forest preserves are pretty shallow bodies of water. Believe it or not, a lot of guys don't use flashers. Um, there's, you know, you literally sit on a bucket like I said with a rod or maybe a tip up in a rod and uh, some waxes, and you just kind of go for it, you know. Now you get to uh, some of the bigger bodies of water, like up north and chain of lakes and things like that. You know, then it's a little bit of a bit different ball game. Things are a bit deeper. You got you know more species of fish all in one area. Uh, ice is a bit thicker, a little bit deeper, things like that. But flashers for a lot of these guys are, are almost like new idea or like new technology. Then you know, I just started off with a flasher. I didn't even know what a flasher was. Uh, until I got a little bit more uh, involved in, in ice fishing and in the ice industry uh, back home. But uh, literally, it's you know it's one of those old jet sleds, those black jet sleds, and it's it's a bucket, it's a couple rods, it's a tip up, uh, maybe a chair if you don't want to sit on a rod, and, and that's it. No flasher, no no uh, shacks. A lot of guys aren't bringing shacks out there. You know, at least in the forest reserves, they're not. Because you can't keep anything on those waters anyways. You can't keep a shack out there too long. You can't keep, a, again, like I said, a Yeti and things like that out there. Most of these park districts uh, that run these, these forest reserves, they close them early. You know, sundown happens, and you don't even get to really hit a night bite. you know. And, and that was something new to me, even uh, moving to Iowa, was being able to stay out. And sun's going down, and, and, and a lot of guys are just still on the ice, you know, and you're able to fish. And I was totally uh, shocked. You know, I was, I was kind of panicked. I'm getting ready for someone to come yell at me or tell me to get off the ice and it didn't happen. I was kind of like, man, this is, this is great. You know, this is a whole new experience.
1: Well, it was great talking to you about this stuff. There's something about this forest preserve fishing that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about tonight.
0: No, no. Uh, you know, just, again, like you said, you don't think of Chicago or even Illinois really is nice fishing, uh, Mecca, you know, people aren't lining up to go there, but uh, if you got time, you want to try something different, you just want to experience something different, give it a shot. You know, it's, it, it, it's fun still, and uh, I can't talk enough about it, man.
1: Awesome. Laz Castillo. Um, I see you on Ice Fishing Minnesota all the time, talking with people there in the Facebook group, but do you have an Instagram or anything like that you want to promote?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Cuban Redneck 27 uh, You can also find me on Facebook, Castillo 2
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Loz. Really appreciate it.
0: Chris, thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.